Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 34 is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash Toddcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can even find us on Facebook, at Temple of Geek, for exclusive content and whatever else, see whatever else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me, as usual, is my fellow Rebel host, Amanda. What's up? How's it going? Well, you've been gallivanting across the world. What have you been up to? Uh, I've been trying to lose my voice, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> so yeah, no, I was uh, I was on a cruise, uh, going to the Isle of Jersey and Guernsey. Um, it doesn't and, uh, even sound like a real place. It is a real place. It's really cute, actually. Well, I mean, obviously, I could only see it from the distance, but it's pretty. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there for work, learning some some more marketing tips and tricks and. And all that sort of stuff. Okay. Learn about neuroscience and advertising to make me a more effective communicator. To manipulate people <laughs> into buying things. Hey, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I did this week. So I haven't really had a chance to play much of anything because um, I was uh, enjoying the Wi-Fi on a cruise ship, which is pretty bad generally speaking so it's not good is what you're saying yeah no it it wasn't awesome it was not awesome what have you been playing uh for me um actually xbox live has had some really good games with gold lately and so one of them that they've had well last month they had oxen free which was a 2016 game of the year uh nominee and and uh, i really enjoyed it again it really wasn't a game that I think you would enjoy, but I did say that I, I was going to spoil it this week. So, um, but uh, this week or this month they have uh, Gone Home, which is was another game of the year uh, nominee from 2016, and it was one that I'd always wanted to play, just hadn't had time, and and then uh, you know it was in the backlog and one of the games that I was just never going to get to, and uh, from. Playing it again, it is a walking simulator, as you might call it, and so you're probably not going to be as interested in playing it. But it's very story driven, and uh, the premise is, and I haven't, I try not to spoil it, so I haven't, uh, I haven't watched anything on it, or no explanations, no walkthroughs or anything. Uh, But as I was playing it, basically, you come home. It's a rainy night. You come home to your house, I guess, and. you you walk in and nobody's there and it looks like it could be like a horror game just because of the setting and everything else uh lights flicker um tvs are on things like that um but there are notes left all throughout the house and so as you read them and as you pick things up and as you search uh little diary entries open up and they read the diary entry to you and so you're kind of getting a backstory as to I guess it's your little sister, 
and uh, you're starting to piece together your relationship with your family. Um, so the only thing I really do know is it's not a horror game, even though it, the atmosphere is that way. Uh, but other than that, um, other than that, it's it's been I mean it's been what I thought it would be, uh, which is you going room to room, rummaging through things, trying to find notes, uh, and a lot of reading. So very exciting. Yeah, I mean, I, I've already spaced out. Uh, <laughs> when you said a lot of reading, I was like, oh, so that thing I do in uh, Skyrim where I open the book, hit tab, 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 close the book, and didn't look at a word. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't going to give me some uh, upgrades. Right, right. Yes. Yes. Exactly, exactly like that. Only I feel like I'm not their intended audience. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, it, all that wasted work. They, they thought that you might actually read those. I mean, why? Why the hell would I? Hey. To be fair, though, in Dragon Age Origins, I did read the books that are written by Varric. You know, the, like, of saucy course. books yeah. that he writes. Because I was like, oh, it's, like, part of the character. I cannot read it. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, But all the other books and everything else can fuck off. <laughs> well, um, I have a... I have a bunch of games really that I've that I haven't gotten to completing, but that was the one that I probably spent the most time on. So, I, I'm maybe next time or on our next episode, I'll be able to give you an update uh, on where I am on that game. But because uh, I know you're going to be waiting with bated breath. I mean, I've already forgotten about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that brings us to our uh, first topic, which is. Games that we like, or games that we enjoy playing that are uncool. So I guess we'd have to define kind of what cool is to begin with. But Not walking simulators, for <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> so that would be considered one that was uncool. A hundred percent. Okay, good. I, so I nobody, I mean, did I you need that defined? List. You didn't need that defined. Come on, what was that? <laughs> Maybe I just wanted to hear you say it then. <laughs> you just wanted to hear me say it. Walking yeah. simulators are for the lose. I needed, I needed validation. Um, <laughs> and so, you're uncool. Yeah, that I was uncool. Um, so yeah, so games that you games that you enjoy that aren't considered or aren't necessarily cool. Yeah, well, to first kind of define the term cool, I would probably say that are popular in the mainstream. So when people think of a gamer, the type of genres or games that people automatically think of when, when that comes to mind is probably more mainstream and cool than some of the types of games that are going to be You just can't even help it, can you? What do you mean? That you're cool and, and uh, the I games mean, that you like are cool and, you know. Most of the games that I like <laughs> are cool, I would say, you know. Um, I But, you know, I, I do... You know, I can think of some games that perhaps aren't conventionally cool that I did enjoy playing. So, first one on that list is going to be Slime Rancher. I mean, yes, it isn't a cool game. I would say that's about as lame as it gets. Yeah, it's not a cool game. I did enjoy playing it. You know, I I I uh, I thought it was kind of cute and uh, the interesting different slime combinations you could make and you know the upgrades you can do. You know, I I enjoyed playing that for an afternoon, and I would say it's patently an uncool game. I would say. Um, slightly off the console gaming into uh, other gaming realms, I would say that the majority of Facebook games are firmly in the uncool category. That is a fact. Um, 
So I would say the excruciating amount of time that I spent playing the Game of Thrones Facebook stroke mobile game. Oh, wow. uh, I didn't even know that is, was a thing. Yeah, it is. I know I don't talk about it because it's one of my secret shames. Uh, <laughs> I did I did play a hell of a lot of that. Um, I, I definitely got into like level 104 or some shit like that. Um, that sounds gonna, like it should be impressive. I mean, yeah, impressively lame. But, <laughs> you know, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, at the time I was doing a lot of like um, real long haul like stents at the desk, you know, and, and yeah. you know, waiting for telephone you know, waiting for the telephone to ring. So in between that, the fact that it was a timer-based game um, where you could kind of set it and forget it for a few minutes um, really appealed to me. It's not something that I play anymore, but at the time, it, you know, it made sense. Um, also, uh, a game that was, you know, uncool the entire time that it was popular for a hot minute, I'd go with Everwing. Um, yeah, it was like really cool for a hot minute. And then when you realized how much like spam and irritation that it was causing both you and everyone else that you talked to on messenger, I think everyone went off it pretty quick. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I wouldn't say it was a cool game in and of itself. I mean, fairies and, you know, forest trolls and whatnot is not particularly Baby dragons, cool. Baby dragons are not uncool. Uh, I mean, but they're not awesome. No, that's true. Um, and uh, even though I've never played it, I would, you know, I know enough about it to know that it is A, popular, and B, also uncool. Is anything <laughs> Amiibo-related? I'm sorry, but that is lame. Anything you know, that is... Like amiibo. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. It's really not. No, um, I'd agree the with The version of that, whatever that one is called, is... <laughs> Super lame. Um, for a lot of reasons, but also, you know, I I would say the adults that collect the non-realistic figurines falls into the uncool valley of their tongue. It's true, though. I, I didn't say realistic figurines because that's a bit different, and they tend to be, I don't know, more artistic than they are space-consuming tat. So I'll give realistic figurines and not loads of them, like more the artistic kind. I will give those the cool pass. Okay. So like, you know, if you had like an alcove, a lit in alcove and you had like a, you know, 12 inch realistic looking Batman statue, then fucking go for it. You right. know, that's, cool. but a million vinyl pop heads is not cool. Sorry. What about two of them though? Have a million. I two, two, I mean, two is two is two. Two means you actually like wanted those particular two. Very good. So yes, fine. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Uh, I I have a couple of figurines, you know, on my desk or whatever. But a couple, and they're not in a box. I play with them, so you know. Well, I have a dance in Jesus now too. So. I mean, you know, we need yeah. things. We do. Um, that's right. So other games that are also uncool. I would say The Sims is pretty uncool, generally speaking. Even worse, The Sims on Facebook. Stroke oh, no. Mode. Yeah. Yeah, that's not cool at all. Uh, <laughs> and I enjoyed and did play those um, for a long time. I even might have spent some real money on it, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> um, let's see. 
And then my the last entry on my list, I'm going to have to go with um, Clash of Kings. Uh, it's a, you know, Chinese massive kingdom building. Is that different Amazing. than Clash of Clans? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, it's I would say it's just as popular as Clash of Clans, maybe like number three or something like that. You know what I mean? But it's huge. Um, but yeah, you can sink a lot of time and money into that and nothing about it is cool. <laughs> so that I'm going to have to, I'll finish my list there because I could probably go on. I do, I do have quite a few secret interests in games that nobody else thinks are awesome, but well, I mean, as lame not, as, as lame not as your list was, said, which is your list. And they can just go into the uncool category. That's right. So just take those all of them right in the uncool. All of all them. Of all of them because yeah. um, that would be the majority of my list uh, <laughs> especially now uh, that's really about the only type of game I have time to play anyway so Lame. I know uh, but yeah walking simulators probably would be my uncool genre uncool game I'm choice outside like WTF go on holiday well, well, see, I-, but that, I think it's the point of, or the difference in the game it's not the game mechanic that I enjoy. It's like that's probably the the worst part of it. The part that I think most people enjoy is the the story, and you know I I know that we discussed this about books just uh, maybe five minutes ago, but um, you know that is the part of the game that I like the most is the story, and and sometimes that includes reading. Um, but how you piece these piece these stories together with you're just much more engaged. So it's more engaging than a book. And this is something we've discussed on other episodes that, you know, you have more agency, uh, with gaming. You don't have any agency in a walking simulator by uh, definition. Yeah, a little bit. Cause I get to choose where they go and what they read. And there are things that you can, you can miss and still complete the game. It's just not as fleshed out. So, uh, there are so it's like a book with chapters missing, and you still claim that you read it. Yes, exactly. Um, I see. <laughs> you can yeah. still get to the end of the story. You just it, the story isn't as good. Um, if you just I rush choose the head in the choose my own adventures. <laughs> I love choose my own adventures, and I and I constantly cheated on those books too, where you'd mark your page and always go back and choose the other option. Um, Especially if you fell down a hole and died. Oh yeah, yeah. Then you only read for three pages. You know, that's you can't do that. That that's super lame. So, um, yeah, I would say you know like Gone Home, but it goes back as far as like Mist on PC, which I think was actually probably not a good game. Uh, if I go back and think about it, because it was more puzzles. Um, I don't remember what the story was, but I just know from an early early age that was something that I enjoyed I did enjoy that game and then on other other uh, consoles or even on PC the 11th hour which was uh, another more or less walking simulator where you a puzzler where you had to go from room to room and it was that one was actually more of a horror game it was a haunted house and uh, so I played that with friends Um, gone home you know more of a contemporary example um but uh another where you know the story is the story is the game uh what remains of edith finch which is a game that came out this year 
which is also in the same kind of genre. Oh, yeah, you talked about that one. Yeah, and that one was a really good game. And and even though you would have had a hard time not getting the majority of the story, because, you you know, you have to progress, you have to get into all the rooms, and you have to find the secret passages, and it's really the only way forward. So it's it's like it's not on, it's on rails, but it, but it's it's kind of deceptive, you know, because you have to figure out some other puzzles. But there's really only, in many instances, really only one way for you to go. But the story is really what, what catches you in that one. And then in the end, the ending of the story really grabs you. And so even though it's not, you know, it's not as involved or like, a, like an RPG, like Dragon's Age, it's uh, it's just definitely a lot more... I don't know. It's a lot more engaging than you might give it credit for, just because of the story. But you, but you really do have to like that kind of genre to appreciate to it. Appreciate. Um, I mean, um, but that does not make it cool. Oh so no, no, no. That's that's. We, we that's, go back full circle. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is not. Um, it definitely is not. So, cool, but walking simulators, you'd put all those firmly in the not cool pile. Uncool, but I do like them. And I, can't help I would say uncool, but I don't like them, so. I <laughs> um, but I, you know, and I did enjoy The Sims and all that, but, but not enough, I think, to to really invest any any significant amount of time or money. But one that I did like, because um, I liked Civilization, but there was another game that was on PC that, and uh, it's Resource Manager. Uh, there was a bit of role playing in it, uh, and that was Heroes of Might and Magic. And I and think there's I four think... or five iterations of this game. Uh, I've heard uh, of that. Yeah, I've never played it. Well, it's a it's a multiplayer game, um, and you can play it online against other people. But basically, if you played it with friends at you know on the same PC, what you would do is you'd have to do your turn, and basically you get to choose what your hero is if he's a you know, a wizard or a barbarian or whatever. And each one, each one of the heroes has certain armies. So like a, a wizard might have uh, a dragon tower that gives him black dragons. He might also have, you know, I don't know, other wizards that, you know, and so each one of those, those armies, like every week you could recruit like four or five of each one of those. And then you kind of build up your army and then you can, Go from place to place and either battle other people or or fight monsters or whatever or protect your castle. So if somebody were to take your castle, they'd get everything in your castle, including each one of those little uh, each one of those little barracks or whatever you want to call it that produces that army. So the the barbarian had cyclops and they had uh, some other sort of like a wolf. And you could upgrade the wolf to be some sort of battle wolf and the cyclops to be a bigger, stronger cyclops. And it cost a certain amount of resources to do all these things. So you'd have to go around the map right around your castle and get mines or pick up resources and jewels and whatever. And um, and that's what you use to kind of fund your army. And so you would do your turn and then the screen would go black and it'd say player two's turn. And so the player two would come on, hit enter, and then it opens up on your screen and you can't see anybody else's screen you can't you know scroll over on the map and see what they're doing the first time you might see another character in the game is when they've come to take your castle so um you'll see them on your map 
based on how much of the map you've uncovered. And uh, right. so it was a fun game, but like a game. fog of war. Right, exactly. And but the problem is, is that the, or the biggest issue with that game is that it took forever. You know, because your turn, you'd have to put timers on people's turns, and let's say your turn, you put a five minute timer. Well, you know, it doesn't take long to take an hour just to get to a point where anybody can even fight anybody. And then from there, uh, you know, the games could take five, six hours uh, to play, which isn't that long in terms of gaming, and some people play a lot longer than that. But for everybody to kind of wait for somebody else's turn, uh, you had to set a lot of time aside. But at that time, at that time when I was playing that, there was also a lot of tabletop gaming and stuff like that. And so we really weren't worried about sitting around and playing. So that was kind of par for the course. But Heroes of Might and Magic was is probably not a really popular game. Definitely not one that I would think was cool. But I would think in your book, much cooler than Walking Simulators. Yeah, I would rank that higher than a Walking Simulator <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it, but it was a lot of fun, and and uh, there was a single player campaign, uh, and. And like I said, you get, there's a lot of freedom to, to uh, kind of play the game the way you wanted to, but there was definitely a strategy, and I think that I was never as good at that part of it as everyone else. But I enjoyed it. So, But, uh, but I would say that's probably... The walking simulators are probably my, my biggest uncool uh, gaming choice. Uh, other I, than that, I think, it's I think we good. should like clarify like console or PC, right? Like device gaming, because I also like tabletop and LARP, and those are the two of the least coolest things on the planet. <laughs> so, you know, I True. will. But oh, and I like Magic the Gathering as well. So I mean, oh well, and I you know, lame, you know, super lame. It is. Uh, I do as well, and I had the cards and and. Uh, it is why I enjoy Hearthstone so much, uh, because Hearthstone is kind of a the best. It's a uh, lot like it. It's, it's a lot like it. it. It's a card game. Um, I would it's say a deck builder, though. I would say, yeah. Yeah, it like is. Chris. And uh, you have thirty cards, which I think is similar. How many cards do you have in a Magic deck? Sixty. Yeah. So you see, so you have sixty in a Magic deck, thirty in in a. It's a lot faster. And, but it has its own complexity, so it's not as complex as, as Magic, but, you know, but different. So, I mean, I think it's more accessible to people who are new to it, but it's every bit as complicated at the at the highest level, you know, so, or every bit as technical, maybe not complicated. Yeah, it's but like technical. I played Gwent, the, like, standalone game from The Witcher, yeah. and I was like, it's really hard, but these packs, man. Packs <laughs> really get ridiculous. Yeah, you don't get enough. Yeah, and you were telling me that that one was much more pay to play too, though. Yeah, quite a bit more. Quite um, a bit more. Like even. So, yeah. What were you saying? Oh, I was gonna say so. As long as we exclude and just focus on you know device based gaming, then I would say walking simulators are pretty lame. Anything you play on Facebook or Facebook Messenger is pretty lame. Just, I mean. None of that is cool. Right. And then the, like, world-building sort of stuff is just generally uncool. Like roller, anyway. roller coaster tycoon? Yeah, Sam, zoo tycoon. You know, like, none of that shit is cool. No. 
but I played it. It could be fun. Yeah. yeah. Just it's just not cool. Well, and then that that made me that reminded me of one more uh, since we went back to console or device gaming um, before you played before you were playing um, on the NES. There was a series of games by Kemco, which I think they still produce games, but I don't know. Um, that uh, they were kind of <laughs> they were the first dungeon or the first walking simulators, I think, on 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 any system, I guess, because I don't think they really did this. I think they were dungeon crawlers on PC, but on the NES, if you if you go back and you look at a game called or games like Shadowgate or uh, Deja Vu. Um, there was another one. Uh, they had three or four games of the same ilk, and basically, what you did is, you wake up, and on in Shadowgate, you you were going into Shadowgate Castle, and you kind of were piecing together the story as you get in. You have to find items and figure out how to use those items on things in the environment. Uh, right. The catch is on Shadowgate, though, is you have these torches, and when your torch goes out. There is no light in the castle, and it's a, it's like a, it's an automatic death. So, um, whenever your torch starts to, to go out, the music changes, which gets really stressful, as the, the it's it's like the most stressful polyphonic music that you can think of, and, um, anyway, so there and there are tons of things like you'll go into a room and there's a sphinx, and the sphinx. Um, asks you a question. If you get it right, you get to go on through. If you get it wrong, it's an automatic death. There's a there's a room where you have a, a you walk in and there's a dragon and you have to figure out what to do with the dragon. And if you wait in the room for too long, he just automatically kills you. But you don't know how long. You don't that know is. how long, <laughs> and you don't even know if that happens. You know, you you're not expecting it to happen because generally, if you're in a room, nothing happens as long as you don't do anything. Um. So, but anyway, it's it was one of the first, and that one was really good, uh, that I enjoyed, but definitely not cool, definitely not mainstream. Um, and then, 100%. Same thing, same, yeah, and the same thing was with Deja Vu. Deja Vu made by the same company. You wake up, and you're in a bathroom, and you're staring at yourself in the mirror, and you don't remember who you are. And you have you have a few items with you. I think you have a gun and, and somebody else's ID or wallet. And uh, you have to figure out who you are, and you only have so many turns to get to a point where you can actually start the game. Like, I think you have to get some medicine in you. And if you don't, then you, the game automatically is over, too. So you have, like, 12 turns or something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah, if you, don't get, if you don't get the medicine, if you don't figure that part of it out, then you have to start all the way over. Um, That's kind of brutal, right? Eh? Well, back then, in, you know, in... NES days and even on a lot of the PC, it was brutal. You know, there was and there wasn't a tip sheet or game facts really, so you just had to figure it out. No, but, I'm happy with where games are now. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not as brutal, you know, because I think that would be a deterrent nowadays. You would have a lot of people just not even trying. Every game can't be Dark Souls, so. Exactly, because none of us will ever get good. No, no. At least I probably won't. I still have Bloodborne, and I've never gotten out of the first level, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. In fact, I've only found one save point. That's not true. There's two save points in the first big town. 
I, I love I it. You're like, uh, two. Sorry. One of them, <laughs> one of them you literally find as soon as you get out of the big house, you know, where you start. And then the second one, um, the second, well, there's an, there's another one that's pretty close in there. And anyway, I, I've played it for 30, 45 minutes at a time, sometimes two, three hours. Never gotten any farther. Um, so, yeah. Thankfully, everything's not like that. <laughs> well, that topic is brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Reading it, reading is good, reading is fun, and if I've learned anything, uh, that I don't have time to do it. So why wouldn't you just enrich your life and check out Audible's trial service by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and receive a free audiobook and 30-day trial. Amanda, what's our recommendation this week? So our recommendation this week is actually a collection of many books uh, called The Monster Hunter Files. Um, and it contains a bunch of original stories um, based on the Monster Hunter International um, sort of lore. So if you've ever read any of those books before. Um, and it's uh, 17 different tales based on the original Larry Correa's books, um, con- including some by Jessica Day George and Jonathan Mabry. Um, and then they're, they're, they're basically expansions on that like universe, like self-contained stories. Um, I know sometimes they do that with like Star Wars and Star Trek yeah, and things yeah. like that. Um, where you can get like little, little mini stories. It's 13 hours. There's 17 books that are all less than an hour long. Um, and so if you're looking for something on a commute and your commute's like 45 minutes, it's pretty much be perfect for you. And it's available free with your trial. It's called the monster hunter files. Now, is that related to the game? I'm assuming maybe, or no, probably. Like I only know it from the series. I didn't even know there was a game. (laughs) There is. Yeah. And, uh, that's, uh, that's the only way I'm familiar with it. So maybe it is related. Well, you can head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and get your free 30-day trial started today. So, our last topic, uh, or I guess really, uh, I was going to talk to you about game music, um, but uh, I kind of just really wanted to touch on it, and then I was going to go into Oxenfree. And uh, and go ahead and spoil that. But um, I've kind of been on, or, or not really on a kick, but with game music uh, lately, I've been really impressed with some of the games that I've played and just how that how the music has probably improved the experience. And then really seeing the just juxtaposition of of certain games like Oxenfree versus Pyre. Now I know you haven't played either one of those games, but Oxenfree is really it's it's really kind of space age and and the music is very distinct and it's not necessarily a really like a music that you would listen to kind of like you said that you would play certain music from games in the background but yeah can definitely. You, yeah can you think off the top of your head though games that had music that really stood out like that that music that you would have listened to whether you were playing the game or not i mean Halo, obviously. Right, right. Um, Tron, the game, but more because it's got like an expansion on sort of traditional Tron music as well. Um, 
Skyrim. Uh, I used to have a dungeon master that used to play the Skyrim music in the background to our dungeon game. Did he really? Appropriate. Yeah, it was good. Uh, off the top of my head, that's all the ones I can think of right away. Right. Well, I'm, I'm about the same, but uh, I actually have a couple soundtracks. One of them, uh, Dark Wizard, is one that I still have like every track from that. And that's a Sega CD game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, just off the top of my head, I was just thinking about how music, and we'll, we'll do a full topic on this where we can actually talk a little bit more about, uh, music and how music, uh, affects maybe games that we play or, or even a little bit more about, um, you know, how gaming or how gaming music really affects us. Um, cause I think that that's a, that's interesting and it's, it's, it definitely affects the way I enjoy a game and music can have a lot a lot to do with what you know how much I do enjoy a game but uh but uh what I'd like to do now is just go into our feature favorite uh which we do every week uh, featured favorites where we select one of our favorite games which is not necessarily a technical favorite or one that is critically um favored but one that we just really enjoy and uh so we don't really care if it's if it's necessarily um you know, a critical success, but it's it's just one of our favorite games. So, Amanda, what is your featured favorite for this week? Right. So, I I know I've brought this up before, and I'll feel bad if I've done a featured favorite before on this. I can tell you if you have. <laughs> ha- have I? I don't know. You ha- we I have done featured it. favorites, but know, whatever but this week's it. featured favorite is. I know, but have I done it? I wrote it in chat earlier. Well, no, you haven't. Good. <laughs> Sorry, my um, my headset just cracked because I had spaced out while you were talking about oxen free. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my featured favorite is Quantum Break. Um, yeah. I I've talked about this game before, and I feel like it wasn't as well received as it could have been. Um, because people didn't understand how it was really supposed to be played. So um, a lot of people were like, oh, it's just a traditional cover-based shooter, and you know the, the breaks for the TV show in the middle are really annoying. But it was very much supposed to be played like an hour of gaming, 30 minutes of TV show, and like stop. You uh-huh. know, so you kind of get a previously on whenever you enter like a new segment and things like that. Yeah. So it was, it, I think it was set up in a way that's like we talked about last week when you get older um, and you're playing gaming as an older person, you kind of forget from week to week what was going on in the game when you left it. So it was kind of like the perfect answer to that. And you could go and rewatch, you know, the last few minutes of the television episode and if you made sure that the television episode was like what you saved it on, then you would go into your next session of gaming kind of exactly where you left off and being able to keep in the story. And I thought the story was really moving as well. And recently I watched the um, Netflix show Killjoys, which has the same uh, actor from Quantum Break in it. He was also in Warehouse 13. Um, so it made me think about that game again and how interesting and unique it was to have a television show and a game kind of in one experience. And it's a shame that it wasn't well received because 
that's kind of what I would like more gaming to be now that I get older so I could combine gaming and watching television into like one activity. Yeah. No, I completely understand that. That's and that's a, I think you have mentioned it before but you've never mentioned it as one of your featured favorites and that's uh a game that I wanted to check out. I didn't know if it was I didn't really know what to think about it. Isn't that the same actor that's in uh X-Men as well? Um maybe although I thought he was Iceman. Iceman. No, no, I don't think so. No, okay. Maybe not. Maybe I don't not. think so. <laughs> I'll look while you. Yeah, while well, I give you my featured favorite, which I'm sure you're very, you're waiting again with bated breath. Um, my featured favorite. The oxen free. No, <laughs> it's not much better though. Uh, this week I'm uh, selecting um, Chrono Trigger as my favorite or featured favorite for this week, which is which it was critically acclaimed and it was considered to be one of the greatest games of you know of all time. But for me. I was very, I was much more used to the Final Fantasy format, you know, selecting your party, um, the uh, random battles, uh, turn-based battles, um, and and you still got that with Chrono Trigger. But it was the first game really where um, it was made by Square, so you had the same same people behind Final Fantasy, which was something that I really enjoyed. So I wanted more of that, but they changed it up with the story. They also made it to where. There were multiple endings, not just one or two or three, but I think there were seven, eight, or nine different endings uh, based on how you did things. You jumped around in time, uh, and so that's kind of what they, the whole, the chrono portion of the game. Uh, there were certain characters that you might not get based on decisions that you made, so there were there was implications based on how you played the game that would dictate the end. Uh, they also dictated who you interacted with and who was in your party, you could actually avoid battles because you could see all the enemies on the screen. So if you got, if you saw them on the screen, that was the only people that, the only enemies that you would have to fight. And if you wanted to avoid a battle, you just had to go around or go a different direction. So it always got frustrating in Final Fantasy if you're trying to get someplace and randomly you would encounter five, six, seven battles in a row. Um, and it didn't really seem like there's a rhyme or reason. It was truly random. But sometimes it seemed like it was unnecessarily unfair uh, or skewed. When you would get to the close to the end of a dungeon or whatever, you'd have a lot more random encounters. Um, so this was a little bit different. But uh, you know, Chrono Trigger was one of the first really to do that. It came out, I think, originally. Uh, it may have, I think. It, well, it came out on Super NES, but then it also came out on PlayStation, the original PlayStation. But I had it on Super NES. Um, so that is my featured favorite and one that I really enjoyed. So did you find uh, find out if I that was... I did find out. You know what's crazy? He's got a twin brother. Really? Yeah. So uh, the one... And you were correct. So Sean Ashmore is Bobby Drake and Iceman. And he's also in Quantum Break. And he was in Smallville. But his identical twin brother, Aaron Ashmore... Is the one from Killjoys in Warehouse 13, and I cannot tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, then you know what's cool though is that I actually recognize him from one thing, and you recognize his brother from something else. And then the bridge was Quantum Break. I know, so weird, so weird. So anyway, I never would have known that that they were twins. Well, you learn something every every day on Retro Rebel. 
So I mean, you know, we only the finest. Only nothing but the content. best. Lame games that are uncool. So look, we have to talk about it every once in a while. You know what I mean? It, I admit your faults. Admit your faults. <laughs> I I agree, and this this should make it okay for others to have liked the games that I like, even though Amanda doesn't. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templegeek.com. Any questions or comments, feel free to email us at retrorebel at templegeek.com. Please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download and rate us, because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.